right, welcome to Brews and Boxing. I'm your host today, Filthy Rich. I got Judge Jimmy James in the shotgun seat because I'm in the driver's seat. We'll try, <laughs> try it again, whatever. It'll fail again, too. Uh, James, how you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, you know, I know you talk a lot about the Yankees, but the Twins are still up there giving a fight at the beginning of the year. I didn't think they were going to be this good. So, uh, you know, pretty excited for baseball. So hopefully uh, we'll meet in the playoffs and we can get a little... Uh, little judgment day uh if that ever happens but probably not because it's kind of how minnesota sports roll but whatever man hope is still there (laughs) heck yeah and speaking of the yankees Derek jeter uh joined social media answered a bunch of questions and uh yeah a little lebron james fact for you for all the fans out there uh only player in nba history to average a triple double in a finals series finals are underway boston versus uh golden state so all that BS talk uh, before we get on with the show. Let's uh, crack our brews and give a toast and a cheers. And I missed. Oh, can't say Kobe or Jeter on that one. <laughs> uh, cheers. Cheers, buddy. All right. Let's move on with the show. All right. Time for a little brews and news. Uh, Quite a few stories we are going to be getting into today. The first big one, I think it's the big one. Anthony Joshua looks like he's going to be switching trainers in preparation for the Usyk fight this summer, I believe in Dubai, somewhere in uh, the Middle East. Uh, Anthony Joshua is moving over to Robert Garcia, who's known for a more brawling type style and is also known for having a plan B and switching up the game plan when things aren't working well. And we know uh, we've talked about Joshua before uh, in his tactics uh, fighting in general. Uh, Robert Garcia has trained like the names of Marcos Maidana, Abner Mares, Jose Ramirez, Brandon Rios, Nonino Donaire, his his younger brother, Mikey, who's uh, like a four division champ who's like kind of fell off as of late, but James, I just want to get your thoughts on Anthony Joshua switching to Robert Garcia. Do you think this is a good fit for him? Well, when you put it with the, when you know the stylistic change that you're saying, where he's even more aggressive than his previous trainer, which I believe was Rob McCracken. uh, I don't know if that's going to be the best move. However, if you've seen anything when you're fighting, bigger guys fighting smaller guys and Joshua is a bigger guy fighting a smaller Usyk using your size for an advantage is something that you will do and look at Fury and Wilder that's literally what Fury did for three fights and reigned supreme every single time regardless of taking some shots and things like that which Usyk is definitely going to hit you he's definitely the more skilled boxer but if you can use your size to your advantage and Garcia can actually I mean he was a 2012 trainer of the year so you know, 10 years away, but those are big names that you just listed, at least to me, uh, that, you know, what, what I think is that he think he's trained 12 champions or Probably the people right. least, something like that. But I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's not going to hurt if he definitely has a plan B and that's going to be good because we have seen Joshua come back in secondary fights and do better than he did in the first fight. So However, he you know doesn't usually get challenged too much. Usually, if you win, you don't change much. It's the challenger that's required to change. So, I think it's going to be uh, like I said, it can't hurt. <laughs> it's it's definitely an interesting move. 
we'll see if Usyk does anything different, but I doubt it. But it'll, I think if this changes the game, it might change Usyk's um, stance a little bit. And then we'll see if uh, Papachenko does anything different um, with this training. But I, you know, I highly doubt it, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I think the biggest advantage if, if he is going to be more aggressive would be his size, utilize his size somehow. So. Yeah, uh, look, I'm reading, I don't want to say on social media, because let us let me kind of stay away from that, but people are saying Anthony Joshua is a great fighter. Robert Garcia is a great trainer. But the two of them, it, it does not seem like the match made in heaven. I will, on the other hand, give Joshua some credit here, because it wasn't just a, a rush to this decision. It sounds like he interviewed like five other trainers, five like big-name trainers, and he settled with Robert Garcia, who's actually going to go out to London to train Joshua for this upcoming fight. So, look, uh, I'm glad you brought up the Tyson Fury uh, trainer change. Uh, I don't know if we were hesitant on that uh, because Tyson won the first time, but uh, I think I think this is I think this is going to work, especially the way he's he's known to adapt in the middle of a fight. Robert Garcia is. So if he can get Joshua to adapt, this might this might work. Is it the long-term solution? I don't know. I don't know how many uh, – even Golovkin move into Banks. We don't know if Banks is a long-term solution. We just know mm-hmm. Golovkin's like, career is almost – it's coming to an end. So Joshua still has a few years left. Is he going to stick with Garcia? If, if he beats Usyk, we'll see. If the style works, great. But uh, in, the, in a general sense, I like McCracken, but I, I think – uh, when you're up against a different beast, it's time for a new game plan. And I like this move by Anthony Joshua. Anything before we move on? Uh, no, I mean, like like you said, he didn't he didn't take this lightly. Visited Virgil Hunter, Eddie Reynoso, Ronnie Shields. Like he he toured the U.S. If you remember watching any of these news stories, he was always in like, oh, maybe he's in Reynoso's camp. Maybe he's in Virgil. You know, saying that stuff. So he obviously is putting in the the thought behind it, right? So yeah, I mean, it's do I think he's gonna win? Eh, we'll probably talk about that later. But I I, I don't really you know <laughs> it's uh I don't know. I it, it can't it definitely can't hurt him. He won't do any worse than he did in uh, the first fight against Usyk. So props yeah, to def- him. <clears throat> Definitely. Our second big story of the day, uh, we're finally seeing Danny Garcia fight at 154. It's been announced Danny Garcia is going to be fighting Jose Benavidez Jr. at 154, I think sometime this summer. Uh, this is Garcia's debut at 154, who I don't think he's been in the ring in close to a year and probably over a year at this point. And Jose Benavidez... Uh, last I saw him, he got knocked out in the 12th round by Terrence Crawford at the 147 division, moved up to 154 only to get a draw. And it sounds like it was uh, the refs did him a favor there. So any thoughts or what are your thoughts on Garcia versus Benavides Jr. at 154? Well, a couple of stats, obviously, you touched a little bit on this, right? So Danny Garcia hasn't fought in a year and a half. Uh, Jose Benavides Jr., who, if you didn't know, is the brother of David Benavidez, hasn't, well, technically, if if you throw out his last fight um, in 2021, he hasn't fought in three years and is after his loss to Terrence Crawford. So that's that says a lot, right? Um, I believe that uh, Benavidez's last fight, which was a majority draw, ended up being at 154. So 
this is the what the debut for Danny Garcia at 154. The biggest thing that I keep reading about this after it's been done is the size. The size difference is going to be too much for Garcia to beat Jose Benavides Jr. Um, and if you want to take size into account, something we've talked about before, Canelo Alvarez and Bevel literally was a size difference that was just too great to overcome. So Danny Garcia being 5'8", Benavidez Jr. being six feet tall, has a four-inch reach advantage. We'll see how that stuff translates over. But honestly, I think this is, for these two cats, this is an extremely important fight for both of them. I know Jose Benavidez is 30, Danny Garcia is 34. This is a big, a big step up for both of these guys to see if they still have it and to see if they can get some championship fights. So I, I think it's regardless of what I think the outcome is, I think this is a great move and this is going to be good for boxing because this is should produce fireworks because these guys do, they have skills, they have good skill sets. Um, yeah. It should be, it should be a great fight. Yeah. I think this is going to, this is going to show and prove if Garcia does belong at 154. And we've been ranking the 154 division and 147 without Garcia for a long time, Danny Garcia, because we don't know where he's at. Now he's officially at 154. Um, this is, I mean, styles make fights. Benavides is not a top 10 fighter at 154, in my opinion, and probably yours as well. I think Danny has to beat him. And I don't think Danny is uh, like making a it's not that a bad decision, but he's not going to put himself in danger. If he sees something that he can do to Benavides Jr., I think he signs on the dotted line, which is what was done. I still worry for Danny. I still think he belongs at 147 because he put up some fights against uh, Porter and Spence. Loss came on the short end on both of them, but whooped up Adrian Granados. Uh, I don't know if that's a name anymore, but I thought it was <laughs> at the time. So, yeah, uh, I'm glad to see Danny back in the ring. I wish him the best. Uh, we'll see where his career goes after this fight. But, uh, again, Styles make fights. This is probably going to be 50-50, I, I, and I don't know who's going to win this one. Uh, what that's, else you want to add? That's fair. I mean, just, just to put stuff into context, if you guys don't know anybody about this, obviously Jose Benavides Jr. doesn't have much on his resume besides Terrence Crawford. But uh, Danny Garcia's only three losses were to Keith Thurman, which was controversial split decision loss, a uh, unanimous decision to Sean Porter, and then another loss unanimously to Errol Spence Jr. So if you want to talk about <laughs> resumes, like Garcia is still the real deal. And from what I've seen it before, Swift still has, still has moves. Uh, we'll just see if this is too big of a jump for him. Yeah, I tend to agree. Sounds good. Uh Another story we got here, another fight's been signed. Uh, Mick Conlon coming off that loss to Lee Wood, getting knocked out of the ring in the 12th round, <laughs> is moving up to fight Miguel Mariaga at 135. I think this makes for a pretty good fight. Uh, I'm interested to see Conlon move up, but what are your thoughts on Conlon Mariaga? Well, I'm glad that he's back in the ring, that he's getting back in the ring. Uh, and not really too far away, man, two months away, right? And I'm glad he's getting in there against, uh, to me, a, a bigger name fight, right? Because this is Laywood, for me, was Laywood is less known to me than Miguel Mariaga is. 
I know more about Miguel Mariaga than I would against Lee Wood. So I think that he's coming back to a very difficult fight. Um, I mean, Mariaga's only lost four times or something like that. Maybe, well, I guess the thing says five times. I'm only going to say four times. He lost to the Axeman way back in the day. Oscar Valdez, probably hyped up on drugs. Uh, Lomachenko, everyone loses a Lomachenko. And then Joet Gonzalez, who isn't, uh, you know, not a bad uh, fighter at all. Um, he did lose to Zerto Ramirez in his last fight, too. So that's not, uh, he's got good fights. I think it's Zerto. Isn't that Eduardo no. Ramirez? <clears throat> no, Zerto Ramirez. Uh, Oscar Berto. Gilberto, yeah. 175. Well, that's my bad. Well, um, Zerto would whoop him. Okay. Oh, sorry. It was Zerdito. <laughs> I got what that means. I don't know in Spanish, but uh, Eduardo Ramirez is Zerdito. Gilberto Ramirez is Zerdo. I don't know what that means in Spanish. Somebody put it in the comments because obviously I don't know anything other than English and I don't even speak that very well. So, but either way, I think it's a a good step. It's what he needs to do. He needs to get back in it and show that he still has it because he was winning that entire fight until that, that knockdown. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a great step, but it's a big challenge, and he's going to have to come prepared. Yeah, I almost agree with everything you just said. There's nothing more. I mean, there's nothing to disagree with. The only thing I can really add is, uh, you know, I wonder if there was a Lee Wood rematch on the table, and maybe Lee Wood didn't want it. Lee Wood wanted to move on with his career. Maybe no one wanted a piece of Colin because, like you said, Colin was dominating that fight. It wasn't until that last round where he ran out of gas. Lee Wood still had some left in the tank, and that was it. I mean, that was it. That was all she wrote. He didn't get up. I would have liked to see a rematch with those two. I think that I still think that's fight of the year in my book. Uh, but if no one wants a piece of Conlon after putting up that kind of display, yeah, you probably got to move up a weight class and fight whoever's willing to sign on the dotted line. Props to Miguel Mariaga, who who always signs on the dotted line. This dude don't duck nobody. So I expect uh, a really good fight here. I expect some vegan barbecue at your house for that fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, so I mean, even with that touch, like Laywood is still what they fought at one thirty. That was the the spot. Yeah. So I mean, we have. I haven't heard any mention of Laywood at this point. I mean, is there any mandatory? for what he has for what the WBA um I think that's all he has right just retain the WBA title that's it's probably right that he I mean is there any mandatory or anything like that like I don't yeah. know anything yeah. else really about that unfortunately so at the end of the day wherever the big money is you know skip the mandatory if you can give me the big money fight you could pay the WBA the sanctioning fee the the waiver I know some of these uh boxing organizations these uh alphabet titles uh if you don't accept their uh mandatory you pay them like double the fee and they let you sit on the title because you're still i would like to think they would consider you a big star so they still want you to hold their belt and if lee wood has you know five guys a list of five guys he needs to choose from according to the wba or whoever it is he may say you know what those five guys are great but this guy number six over here produces big money. I'm going to take that big money fight and I'm going to pay you guys to shut the F up and move on and make this fight. 
and the WBA is going to shut up and take that money because they're a corrupt organization, just like the rest of them. <laughs> let's not let, let me not get into that right now. Let's uh, let's kind of wrap it up here. We got one final uh, big fight. This is the big one that everyone's been talking about. Ryan Garcia, another Garcia on this list is fighting uh, Javier Fortuna. It's uh, another fight at 135. Uh I don't think this is the matchup I wanted to see Garcia uh, against, but uh, what are your thoughts on Ryan Garcia versus Javier Fortuna? Well, no, this is definitely not. <laughs> at 135, There's this is not the guy that you want Ryan Garcia to fight. If he's touting what he's touting, this shouldn't be the fight that he's, that he's signing on the dotted line. I don't believe there's only one true thing that he said, and that was when he bet Errol Spence that – uh, Raleigh was going to beat Davis and he didn't. It was 20 grand and he paid whoever I just said, Errol Spence, sorry, Spence. having a lapse of judgment. And then Spence literally confirmed it on Twitter. That's the first real thing I think I've ever heard Ryan Garcia say. And it was confirmed by somebody else who obviously doesn't like to confirm anything. I'm pretty sure every time Errol Spence talks, he's always like, uh, I don't confirm. I don't know, man. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I digress. But yeah, I mean, this is, um, I mean, at least he's getting back in the ring. His last fight um, was not that great um, against to go. Like he looked flat footed and he's going to have to, you know, shaking off that ring rust. Right. And hopefully he gets back into it. But I mean, it's definitely not going to be a walk in the park either because Fortuna has been around for a little, well, it feels like forever, at least for me, but it's definitely, a, I guess it's a step. In the right direction, we'll, we'll find out. But it's it's at least a step, man. I mean, I, I I'm kind of curious as what you uh what you think about this. I think you know a little bit more about uh about El Habayan. Oh, is that uh, Ryan Garcia's nickname? No, it's not. <laughs> no. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm glad you brought up the uh Tagal fight to go. I can't say the guy's name. I, I'm glad you brought that up because like before that fight, he fought uh, Luke Campbell. And took a long hiatus for mental health issues. I was picking Luke Campbell to win that fight. I think Luke Campbell's an underrated fighter. At that time, he only lost the one fight to Lomachenko. So uh, Luke Campbell versus Ryan Garcia seemed like a good matchup on paper. Luke Campbell knocked him down once. Uh, Garcia got back up and uh, eventually knocked out uh, Campbell in like the eighth, eighth round. And he had tears in his eyes and he was happy and all this good stuff. I get it. It's a great story. What I don't like about this uh, Fortuna fight, I feel like maybe his promoter, Golden Boy, may be getting in the way here. One minute he's talking about Isaac Cruz. I want I, I want Isaac Cruz. And, like, I, I don't even remember what he says. I, at, most of the time when Ryan Garcia talks, I want to believe it. I want to like Ryan Garcia. But then these fights never happen. Now, after, after Tank Davis versus Roly Romero, he's calling out Tank. So you went from talking uh, to Cruz. Now you're talking trash to Tank. You're fighting for Tuna. How do we know you're going to, how do we know you're even going to step up to one of these guys at 135? It seems like you're going to fight another gatekeeper, another surefire, uh, I guess, victory. I don't think Javier Fortuna is a surefire win, but again, I think it's Golden Boy getting in the way here. I think he, I, I want to believe he actually wants bigger names and I believe, uh, that golden boy is getting in the way, but uh, what, what, is, what is he going to do? 
So then here's my question then, because if he's, I wouldn't say that he's ducking people at 135, right? But say that's what he is doing. He's talking big game at 135. He's not fighting any of the big names at 135, which are, you know, the four Kings, which he's supposed to be part of. Um, do you believe that to me, or, uh, let, me let me position this. He's doing this, fighting at 135, getting off ring rust, and then he's going to if he has anything, vacate, move up to 140 and start fighting people at 140. Do you think that's even a possibility? Because obviously the path to an undisputed victory at 140 is a hell of a lot easier than it is at 135. Yeah, so I'd like to believe, look, Cambosis and Haney are about to fight. Someone's going to win that fight and he's going to talk all this trash about fight. I, I really believe he wants to fight these guys. I don't think he's ducking anyone. I think Golden Boy is protecting their new. I guess he's the new Golden Goose. When Can- After Canelo left, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Garcia, you know, last time we talked, he had 6 million Instagram followers. Let me tell you, he's up to 8 million. Think about that. <laughs> That's a joke. But I think that is their new Golden Goose. No so fact I, check. Yeah, I, I don't think he's ducking anyone. I think he wants these guys. I don't think he can beat these guys. I think he really wants them. I think Golden Boy doesn't think he can beat them. Uh, now, as far as going up to 140, I think he's staying put at 135. He may let uh, the rest of these guys move up to 140 before he moves. I think he's going to stay at 135. Right but, on. yeah, the the path is easier, though. Anything else before we – all right, well, that's it for Bruising News. I'm taking one more drink out of this, and – uh Move on with the show. All right. Time for some bruising reviews here. Uh, Tank Davis and Roly Romero had a big fight this past weekend. Uh, James, give us the details. Oh, boy. So if this wasn't hyped, I don't know what is, right? Well, at least by one person, because Roly Romero never shut up. Uh, I believe he called Davis uh, a koala head with chlamydia at one point. Which, uh, I don't know, man. He's obviously got uh, a lot of talk in his game. But getting to the fight itself, it finally was here. It finally started May 28th. And I, honestly, man, it, to me, didn't really disappoint. Uh, I was. It, it came out with Roly, what I thought was going to be pretty aggressive, right? And he came out um, not as aggressive as I thought, but still being the more aggressive fighter. And Tank Davis threw uh, the first you know, one, two, three rounds was on his back foot, which was to me was pretty, um, pretty out there. I wasn't, I really wasn't anticipating that to happen. I thought tank was going to be a little more, uh, a little more aggressive himself, but obviously Roley said he was going to come out and knock his head off in one because look at the koala head. You can't not miss it. Um, but he came out and looked, um, I mean, it kind of pains me to say it a little bit, but he looked good. He did look a lot better than I thought he was going to come out to. Because the last fight, he looked like one of those inflatable two men that was just throwing his arms around and just didn't have any balance and was all over the place. So for Roley to step up and, and do that, I thought that was um, I thought that was good because it was definitely putting Davis on his back. But he looked like the bigger fighter too. He looked like a big dude. So, but after through that, I mean, it looked honestly a lot of people had Roley winning the first four rounds. I probably had it pretty close as well. Uh, 2-2, probably. And probably even go 3-1 Roly. It, it was weird, to say the least. There's a couple of times that he took a, a few shots that uh, rocked. It looked like it rocked Davis. I don't know if it actually rocked Davis because Davis was trying to be pretty slippery through the entire fight. But 
uh, once it got through the first four rounds, um, maybe even for, I'd probably just say the first three rounds, three and a half rounds, uh, that's when Davis started to uh, utilize his counter punching ability uh, and was coming in with uh, some good shots. Really was overextending himself, still landing some good shots, but overextending himself, letting himself a little too open uh, to Davis's punches and then. <laughs> Rolls through to the the sixth round and about two and a half minutes in, it's looking like Rolly's doing pretty well against Davis and Davis popped a straight left hand right to Rolly's face that he leaned directly into and knocked him straight to the moon where he, if the ropes weren't there, he would have fell out and would have been just rolling around the ground trying to figure out where the hell he was. Uh, he got back, he got up at like seven, had the stanky leg. Judge told him to move to the right, had the same move to the right again, still had the stanky leg, which was crazy. You could see it if you watched the replays and stopped the fight. And at that point, it was just done. So it was a one punch knockout, uh, TKO victory for Tank Davis uh, in six, which a little, a little sooner than I anticipated, but uh, man, it was still, I don't know, I think it was still an interesting fight. and. Props to Davis, man. He came in and showed and did exactly what I thought he was going to do, uh, knocking him out. So, I don't know. It was great. Yeah. I, I know that left hand after the fight, he said it wasn't even his, his I don't scary movie to my strong hand. It wasn't, it wasn't like the, it wasn't, I mean, it's his natural left hand, but he didn't hit him hard. He just hit him like a regular old left jab and didn't recover. So, yeah, it was, it was, uh, Roley did better than expected on my end. Oh yeah. Now go ahead. I mean, I feel like that was like the um, uh, Charlo Lubin punch or the BJ or the uh, Canelo BJS punch, where the guy was trying to come in to throw or trying to adjust at perfect timing, just perfect timing. Like this is why he is a better skilled boxer, right? So I don't know. Either with all that said, I'm still curious as to what's next for both of these guys because it's. This is an interesting, interesting table, right? Especially with how Davis moves around and who knows what the hell's on Rolly's mind. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm curious to see uh, what's next for these guys. So, look, uh, I will say uh, I think Rolly got arrogant. I, th- I think Rolly thought he had it in the bag. He went in for the kill and got caught. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. And as far as, like, what is – let's just talk about what is what is next for – uh, Javante Davis and Roly Romero. Like, in my opinion, next for Javante, we got a we got a fight. We got G- Cambosis and Haney this weekend. I think he I think he has to face the winner at 135. He has to face that winner. Uh, your other option is like Ryan Garcia. Uh, Ryan Garcia is fighting Fortuna, but Ryan Garcia was talking talking head about Tank. So. Uh, let's let's get it on. Let's let's do this. I think those. It's not even three names there, but it's the winner of Cambosis and Haney. One of those two guys needs to fight Davis, or it can be Ryan Garcia. I can't even throw in Lomachenko right now as an option because of what's going on in, uh, overseas. But at some point, we're gonna have to start talking Lomachenko again. But right now, uh, if Lomachenko was an option, I'd throw him out there. But if there was a third option, because I'm not talking Lomachenko, 
it would have to be moving up to 140. He already fought Mario Barrios at 140. You struggled a little bit, and Mario Barrios is not a top. I don't think he's a top 10 guy at 140. Maybe he is, but maybe you need to start looking north of the border and like not the literal north of the border, but moving up, maybe moving up to 140. That can't, that is always going to be there. Now, as far as uh, uh, Roly Romero goes, we got Isaac Isaac Cruz, Isaac Cruz as a, a a contender. I think these two mesh really well. I think uh, Isaac Cruz put up a good fight versus Davis. He's one of the he's the only guy that went twelve rounds without being knocked down. Uh, I'd like to see if Romero is the real deal. Uh, fight Isaac Cruz, fight Isaac Cruz. See what you can make out of it. Uh, if Roly just wants, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I gotta call it a tune-up fight. Roly wants a tune-up fight. You know where I'm going. Oh, Jojo Diaz, man. It seems like everyone. <laughs> it seems like it seems like Jojo has become uh, 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 not a tune-up, not a stepping stone, but like I think he can beat Jojo Diaz. It's a big enough name to prove that you still belong at. 135 because Davis was his biggest test at 135 moving up to like the big dog in that division. If it's not Lomachenko uh, fight somebody right there in the middle and Jojo Diaz is on the cusp of a top 10 fighter in this division. And lastly, I don't think this fight happens, but uh, Richard Comey is a pretty tough fighter. Uh, he, he lost to Lopez, lost to Lomachenko last, but he still puts up a good fight. So again, if you want to prove that you belong here, I think Richard Comey makes a really good fit and it would make a really good fight. Uh, your thoughts on this before we move on. Well, so you brought up a thing with, uh, with Davis moves up to 140. I'd almost propose this to both of these fighters because they can easily both move up to 140 at this point, right? I think Davis is a better fight at 135. I think he should be staying at 135 and try to wipe out the division. It's the bigger name paydays. It's all that stuff. But um, a couple of people with one in particular being Teofimo Lopez has said that he's going to move up to 140. Do you believe that that would be a, a good fight for either of these two? At 140. So I'm talking Roly at Lo- Roly Lopez at 140 or Davis Romero at 140. Which one do you think would be the better, the not the better fight, but the the smarter, evenly matched. like the smarter fight to moving up in weight at that point? Because that would be I don't know, big, I think. So yeah, I think I think it would make I think Romero, for some reason, I think Romero puts up a better fight against Lopez. I think Lopez probably wins I, I probably wins but like on the davis end i don't know if tank davis can beat lopez i think lopez just has too many too much skills and he's just a bigger dude uh so it seems weird to say davis just beat romero yet if they both move up to 140 romero does better i don't know how to explain it that's the filthy logic for you for the day what do you think? Criticize. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain that either, man. I don't, you just said that Lopez wouldn't, that Lopez would beat Davis. I don't think anybody in that division beats Davis, with the exception of one person who we can't talk about right now. Um, I don't know. That's interesting, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how this stuff folds out because there's just so much talent that 135 is so overloaded. Lightweight is so overloaded with talent. People got to go somewhere at some point and the belts are going to have to disperse. So, I don't know. It's going to be the future. 
the future is bright. Look, I don't know how much time we have left, but like, it, it sounds like Tank Davis's his contract is up with Mayweather, and he may be leaving Mayweather. I think Tank need. I think I don't think he's as polished as we all believe. I think he's a he's like a Deontay Wilder rather than a Mike Tyson. This dude has like a probably a couple punches. He's got enough skill to survive, but. He's losing rounds the way Canelo was losing rounds to BJ Saunders and to, to other fighters. And that's why I think Lopez can beat Davis. I think Lopez just needs to avoid getting knocked out, which is a which I think he could avoid getting knocked out and just run game on Davis. I think that is possible. Uh that uh does that make sense? I don't want to talk about Romero, but as far as Lopez Davis goes, I think Lopez is the better boxer, and I think he can outbox Davis. That's. I mean, I. I think I would. I, I think I would disagree. I think they're pretty evenly Hell matched. Yeah. I think they're evenly matched. I. I think Davis is. I think Davis is more skilled than. I think he's. A, I think he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. He is a big puncher, and he definitely has the. He definitely has power. But I don't think he's had to rely too much besides the Cruz fight on his skill. And if you look at the Cruz fight, it looked like Cruz to the, to the, the, the common man that Cruz was landing big shots and beating up Davis left and right. Go back and watch that. He was blocking a lot of stuff with his elbows, with his shoulders, the shoulder roll, like the body shots are getting blocked. Like the uppercuts are getting blocked. Like the defense that Davis was um, showing against Isak Cruz was, phenomenal and i think that's the only reason why he survived it right because i think cruz has a lot of power just like davis does but i think he might play down to his opponent too he could be gosh darn minnesota like minnesota sports man you're gonna play down to your opponent whatever opponent you're playing if it's a crappy (laughs) opponent you're gonna play crappy if you're a good opponent you're gonna play good to a point but um yeah i mean that's, that's probably all i got there so lopez davis you take davis yeah Lopez Romero, who do you got? Lopez. Awesome. All right, well, let's let's wrap that up there and uh, move on to Bruce and uh, previews. All right, let's uh, move on here with a couple previews this weekend. Cambosis, George Cambosis is fighting Devin Haney. Uh, what did they call it? The Great Down Under down in uh, Australia, <laughs> Cambosis' hometown. So, James, why don't you break that fight down for us this weekend? Well, I guess I mean, I mean, I suppose we probably provide keys of victory, right? Sh- uh, sure. I mean, biggest way to do it. I mean, this obviously is the the fight to unify or to undisputed, whichever one. You want to correct me real quick? Which one gets all the belts in one division? Is that unified? Yes. Whatever <clears throat> yeah, Josh Taylor a, did, whatever Canelo Alvarez yeah, did. Yeah, this is a unified championship. And it might be for the under this might be for the undisputed ring, the 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 lineal championship too. I think they are I think Cambos is number one, according to Ring magazine. And mm-hmm. back in the I mean, this all comes from back when magazines and newspapers used to give championships. And they have not been corrupt. There's probably some corruption, but this is probably for the lineal championship here. Yeah, I think this is for all the marbles. So, I mean, this is going to be, I think this is going to be a good fight. This is really, Cambosis came out and shocked the world, uh, beating TFMO Lopez um, after Lopez beat um, 
an injured Lomachenko. And I'll say it. You guys can criticize me all you want for it. But this is going to be a good test of skill because Haney is not Lopez. Haney is a different style fighter than Lopez. So we'll see how Combosis comes out. I think if you want to talk keys to victory for this, I think Cambosis is probably going to have to have the same game plan that he had against Lopez, to be honest. He's going to have to tweak it a little bit, but it's, the aggressiveness is probably not going to be there, but Cambosis is going to have to wait, sit on his punches, make sure that he's disciplined and not, not get overzealous, right? With, with the different, with the different style of fight. But, Haney, eh. I think Haney's going to have to come out and be more aggressive, to be honest. I, I, I think he's been lackluster in his last couple of fights. Um, he hasn't had the stamina. or Well, he obviously has. He's won, but I don't think the stamina is there in the later rounds. Those championship rounds, as uh, everyone likes to call it, right? The 10, 11, 12 rounds that he doesn't have that, that stamina there. So he's, I think he's going to have to do something and do something quick because if it gets to those championship rounds, I, I think Cambosis is going to be able to outstand him or outstand him, outlast him with stamina. So I think it's going to be very, very key that Haney does something quick to throw Cambosis off this game. I think that's going to be the, the, probably the biggest keys to each one of those guys going back and forth, uh, in my opinion. So, I mean, I, what do you what do you think? Do you agree, disagree with any of that stuff? What do you got to add? There's got to be something else because I know uh, I ain't the I ain't the know all for all this stuff. You're, no, I think you nailed it. I think the only thing was it, it's a fight at 135. Is that right? I think it's 135. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you. Uh, we, we saw Haney and you know star of the show JoJo Diaz. He couldn't knock JoJo Diaz out. In 12 rounds and Cambosis is a, a, a probably a class two classes ahead uh, of uh, Jojo Diaz. So if you could knock out Jojo Diaz, I'd hate to think what you're going to what's going to have happen to you against Cambosis. So uh, before we move on to predictions and all this, I'll cover uh, Stephen Fulton fighting Danny Roman uh, this weekend on Showtime. Both guys are orthodox fighters uh, fighting for the WBO and the w- it looks like the WBO and WBC titles. Uh, there's not much of a height difference between these two. Fulton at 5'6", Danny Roman at 5'5". Five, five. Uh, Fulton's 20-0 and 0 with, with eight knockouts, while Roman is 29-3 and three with 10 knockouts. So the knockout power, uh, it's just not there But for both guys, but these guys are both fighters. Look. Stephen Fulton's last fight against Brandon Figueroa was pretty controversial. I had Figueroa winning. I think the entire world had Figueroa winning. But the reason, I guess they say the reason he lost is because Figueroa declared himself moving up to 126. And they didn't, I guess they just did not want to put the belt on a guy who's planning on leaving the division. So they put it on Stephen Fulton. Fulton did a good job in the fight. I don't think he won, but. I guess you can make someone out there can make the case that he probably pulled off. He could have pulled off seven rounds. I guess. I I guess. I don't know. As far as Danny Roman goes, look, this guy's looking for a fight. He always he takes like 
the fights that will come to him. Um, other than that, look, I look, I think this is going to be a good fight. I think Stephen Fulton needs to bounce back from that fight against Figueroa. He needs to prove that uh, he is, I, don't, I can't prove that he's better, but proves that he is a champion, prove that he is the, the number one guy at this division. Cause right now it looks like he is ranked number one, according to many websites. So uh, fighting Danny Roman, who is probably hungrier and wants to prove that he belongs here as well. I think uh, these two, their styles mesh pretty well. Fulton, I think needs to be aggressive. Danny Roman, uh, he already is aggressive. So I expect him to keep his foot on the gas out of, out of that. Uh, there's not much. Is there anything you want to add that I missed? I'm, I mean, you touched on uh, Fulton and Figueroa, where Fulton won the belts. Uh, well, at least they wanted to retain the WBO, won the WBC in his last fight, where he did, you know, Figueroa did outland him in punches, you know, overall punch stats. But um, what was it? Uh, Fulton was more accurate with his punches, right? And it definitely was controversial. I'm pretty positive I have uh, Figueroa winning that fight as well. But it all depends on the judges that are there and what he got, right? And I don't think this is going to be an easy fight for uh, for Fulton by any means because Daniel Roman, if I, if I remember right, a long time, not long, I mean, a long time ago, it was two years ago, uh, but he fought uh, Juan Carlos Piano, which we covered because yeah. that was, I mean, that was the biggest thing. It was a Charlo undercard thing. It was Charlo, Charlo, and a bunch of other cards. I mean, it was a massive fight day, especially yeah. for 2020 <laughs> uh, in that regards. And he beat, he ended up beating uh, Juan Carlos Piano. And I thought he was, uh, Juan, you know, Piano was going to beat him, uh, Roman. So it definitely isn't going to be a, uh, a power fight, right? <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of flash knockdowns or anything crazy like that, but it should be a, a fairly actionable fight. And it should be still a good fight. I mean, they're both they're both uh, champions uh, for for quite a bit, so it should still be a good fight. But it would be uh, be interesting. But that that's probably much all I got to have. Yeah, like I'll add one more thing. You know, Jamel Herring retired recently, and I feel like Jamel Herring on quite a few. I mean, not quite a maybe three, four fights, something like that. He got he got the he got the he got the better end of the stick. I don't want to say the short end of the stick, but I don't know what the opposite is. You didn't get the long end of the stick, but he got the better end of the stick, I guess you could say. And I think that's how Fulton has been. I don't, I don't think Fulton, if we were to rank this division, we would have Fulton number one. I don't even know if we have met the top five, to be honest with you. So I think this is a very big prove it fight for Stephen Fulton. And Danny Roman is uh, a very good matchup for him. I think once, uh, once this fight's over with, uh, they both, whoever wins that fight is going to have to really step up their game, fight one of the top contenders at the division. So let's, uh, I guess, just go, let's just go into predictions right now. Uh, James Cambosis versus Devin Haney. Uh, what's it looking like? What you got? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a good question. Um Obviously, we just spoke on the keys to victory a little bit ago. Man, it's going to be a, this is a tough one for me uh, because obviously I don't give 
I give props to Cambosis for doing what he did. However, he's not proven for me, right? He doesn't pass the eye test for me because the pre- fight previous, he fought like dog crap. And I'm <laughs> was for sure, I was almost positive that Lopez is just going to knock him out. So, bit of a surprise. But um, with that said, I think uh, I think Haney is the the more skilled fighter. The biggest question mark is that stamina. But even given that question mark, I am going to. Like, he's got the card stacked against him. I'll tell you that right there. It's in Australia, sixty thousand plus. He, it's going to be roaring. They're not going to like. Devin Haney at all. It's going to be all ferocious cambosis and he's got a lot of stuff to overcome, but I think that it's going to end up being what I think is going to end up being a majority decision for Devin Haney. So someone's going to call it a draw. It's going to be close. It's going to end up being a majority decision um, for Haney, but he's going to have to work for it. He better realize that. Look, I like that you brought up the uh, the fact that this fights in Australia. By the way, the Fulton Roman fights in our backyard here in Minneapolis at the Armory. The last time I remember a fight in Australia, it was Jeff Horn and Manny Pacquiao, a fight where I'm pretty <laughs> sure Manny Pacquiao won, yeah. and yeah. they gave it to the hometown guy, and I'm kind of expecting the same thing. So my scorecard is probably going to have Haney winning. I'm going to say about seven rounds, but it wouldn't surprise me if he wins eight. I don't think Haney wins nine rounds on my scorecard. That being said, I'm taking Cambosis by decision. I don't think there's, I don't think there's going to be a knockout in this fight, but I think Cambosis wins by decision. This yeah, unanimous, think, unanimous split majority. What you got? I, I pick. Majority. You know. Yeah, I'll 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 say there's going to be one person. Yeah, we'll say a, a, two guys, two judges are going to go for Cambosis. The other one will go for Haney, making it a a, a so was it majority or split decision? Split split decision. So I'm going to go with split decision for Cambosis. Hmm. Stephen Fulton, Danny Roman. Uh, take your pick who you got. Well, uh, man, I'm, this is going to be, man, Babyface assassin. I don't, I don't like, I don't like Stephen Fulton's nickname. Cool boy, Steph. <laughs> you don't like cool boy. No, Steph? I don't like his nickname, but I'll call you cool boy. James. I don't need none of that. I ain't ice cold. St. Andre 3000. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with cool boy stuff. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be a knockout. It's just going to be a, an outwork sort of deal. Not even an outwork. I think it's just going to be more accurate. I think it's going to be fairly similar to what happened with Figueroa. Uh, however, I just think that even, you know, the age gap for Fulton being younger, I, I think he's going to, I think he's still just going to be able to, pinpoint his accuracy do a little bit better uh hopefully he learns from figueroa but i think it's going to be uh probably unanimous decision but i think it's gonna be close i think it's be like a one 116 um 112 probably across the board but i think it'll be in uh i think it'll edge in fulton's favor and i think it'll end up being in the championship rounds those uh 10 those uh 10 11 12 rounds so so yeah danny roman 
Uh, I think the only way he squeaks out a victory is by getting a knockout. I do not see him knocking out Stephen Fulton. I don't think Stephen Fulton. I think Stephen Fulton has some work to do, and he's not as polished as he needs to be. I think this will bring out the best in him. I think Stephen Fulton wins by. It's going to be. I'm going to go with a, a unanimous decision. I, I think you're right. There's going to be no knockdowns. Uh, I think Roman might win a couple rounds here and there. There's probably going to be some very close rounds. I think the the rounds Roman wins, he'll win decisively. We'll all mm-hmm. see Roman clearly won that round. Yeah. As far as uh, Fulton goes, there's going to be some close rounds. I think he's. I think the judges are going to give it to him. He's going to pull it off. Fulton unanimous decision. What do you think? Anything else? I think that's about covers it, man. I think we're on the same page for that. So word up. So let's uh close out the show. All right, that about does it for us this week. James, uh, tell them where they can watch us and tell them where they can listen to us. Well, if you want to listen to us, you can check us out on any major podcast site, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, or whatever Apple calls it. I'm an Android guy, so <laughs> Android for life. Um, otherwise, if you want to watch our show, you can go to YouTube backslash Bruise and Boxing and um, definitely uh, check it out. All right. Um, yeah, before I sign out here, I want to give a shout out to my boy CM Punk for winning the AEW World Championship at Double or Nothing this past Sunday. Uh, shout out to our boy from here in Austin, Minnesota, who passed away a, a year or so ago. John Madden is gracing the cover of Madden 2023, first time in 20 years. And on a more somber note, uh, Minnesota Golden Gopher, former Gopher, Marion Barber III, passed away earlier today. So... I will raise a drink for you, and that about does it for us. So for Judge Jimmy James, myself, and my little partner in crime, Mr. Gus, we will catch you guys another time. I'll drink to that. Peace.